Welcome to Continuous Dream. Today, The Gift of Prophecy, Episode 4, starring Baird Brucher and Aaron Caswell. I was in over my head. After getting canned from writing features for the Chronicle, I was demoted to writing the horoscope column distributed to the penny saver and the weekly shopper, and my horoscopes were coming true because I was cursed by a crazy tarot card reader. I couldn't ignore it anymore, and now my horoscope had encouraged Melissa, who I always considered the one who got away, to have coffee with some guy named Don. She said he was her sister's roommate. What did that mean, exactly? I couldn't sleep. I got up at dawn one morning and took my dog Frankie for a walk. He was finally over his canine COVID cough and was eager to get back to the dog park and sniff a few butts. Only a few people were there, and a doggy yoga class was going on. I didn't know there was doggy yoga, but a woman in a tank top and leggings was teaching the class and getting one's dog to stretch and tone. Now lie down, paws in the air, that's right, flex those joints. The woman seemed familiar. I couldn't quite place her. I joined the class, and Frankie seemed to get a kick out of it. Afterward, the woman approached me. Hi, it's Mark, isn't it? Oh, you're Melissa's sister. Joanne, right? That's right. I didn't know you had a dog. Yeah, this is old Frankie. He just got over being sick. He's uh, unusual. What breed is he? A corgi doodle. Very curly. He needs a good haircut. I guess we all do. So, have you seen Melissa lately? I'll be seeing her Saturday for her birthday. Oh, yeah, July. Cancer. I don't believe that stuff. Oh, right, no. I don't believe in that, Hokum. It's all bunk. Um, yeah, so I ran into her at that new coffee shop. I think she was with your roommate, Don? Finally. I've been trying to fix them up for months. Yeah? That's nice. Thoughtful. He's working on his PhD in English literature. Melissa loves poetry. Who doesn't? Would you like to drop by the party? It's just a casual get-together. Thank you. I'd love to. Well, I'd better be going. I have to buy artichokes. You know, for the party. Artichokes? We both love artichoke dip. <laughs> Are you okay? Sure. Who doesn't love artichokes? She gave me the address and took off, her yoga mat tucked under her arm. My column was due that night. So Melissa loved poetry. I fired up the computer, and I pulled out all the stops. I wrote a sonnet for every sign. I hadn't been that creative since junior high. The words just flowed as if I were channeling a spirit. I didn't fight it. If Melissa was falling in love with that poet, well, I would put my rival in his place. For her sign, I wrote, When in disgrace with fortune and the words of tuneless phrases written on the breeze, you think the poet sings a song like birds, but in truth his art is simply like a sneeze. It blows across the room in fits and roars, and clashing into syllables of dreck, it lures the witless student with its snores and drives away the muses all to heck. If you think such is genius, hear me now. His words are like the mooing of a cow. That would show him. But when it came to writing Aquarius, my sign, something came over me, possessed me, as if my keyboard were typing all on its own. When in disgrace with fortune and the stars, I all alone go out and walk my dog and gaze up at the planets and to Mars and wonder if my mind is in a fog. I weep to know the answer of my quest, to understand the secrets of the heart. 
I cry, and like a ghost I cannot rest, for in the end this madness is the start, for who can say what fortune is my fate? Except I always know the truth too late. I finished the column and sent it. Smoke started rising from my desk. My computer was on fire! Belching black clouds from the motherboard, the smoke alarm went off and Frankie went nuts barking while I grabbed the fire extinguisher from the hall and finally put it out. I wrapped Frankie in his weighted blanket and we curled up together on his warm bed. I fell into a deep, black void of sleep. For the next day or two I was a zombie. I avoided Jake and the bar and shopped around for a new computer. Filled with evil, I went to the Apple store and bought the lightest airbook as thin as a saltine. Then I got a haircut, and a gentleman's facial, the steam and essential oils as decadent as a pasha's banquet. Then, it was time for Melissa's party. I shaved twice. I started to dress, pulling out my skinniest jeans, too skinny, so I got out my relaxed khakis, too relaxed. I looked like a fat youth minister. Finally, I found my navy cords. They fit, and no one else would be in cords, I'd be unique. I wore them with my best striped shirt and a bow tie. And a trilby. Perfect. I looked at Frankie. Well, boy, what do you think? No, you're wrong. I look great. What do you know? You're a dog. And your breath stinks. I was off. The party was at 7, so I arrived at exactly 7.24. Only a few people were there. At first, I couldn't find Melissa. Joanne took me into the kitchen and handed me a beer. I'm sorry. This party is a bust. What happened? It's Don, you remember? The poet, yes. That's the thing. He read his horoscope today and it upset him. Something about being a terrible poet. He's a cancer, like Melissa? That's right. He locked himself in the bathroom and says he's going to move to Tibet to join a Buddhist monastery. That's great. I mean, the quest for spirituality is a noble effort. Can you talk to him, man to man? I have a feeling you can help. Sure, I'd be glad to, but the thing is, the truth is... And the next thing I knew, I told Joanne everything, the whole truth. It just poured out of me. She listened patiently. I tried to joke, to laugh it off, but her look grew increasingly concerned. When I was through, she took a card off the refrigerator. I want you to call this woman. She'll help you. I looked at the card. Dr. Rubenstein? She's the best therapist in the city. I don't think I need... well... I can't tell you what to do, but you're obviously disturbed. You need help. Disturbed? No, I'm fine, but... Well, maybe she can help. I'll, I'll give her a try. And you're not going to tell Melissa, are you? I'd appreciate it if you kept this between us. Melissa has enough problems tonight. I won't burden her with it now. Don't worry. And so I went to the bathroom door, and I talked to Don. I told him astrology was a lot of horse hockey. And he came out, and after a while, we were laughing about it all. Melissa was there, but she didn't say much. I got the vibe she didn't think much of how sensitively Don had reacted to his horoscope. Good. I also felt critical, amused eyes on me and my bow tie and trilby combo. Maybe my dog was right about that. I left early. And within a couple of days, I had an appointment with Dr. Rubenstein. Her office was in an expensive building overlooking the lake. I started to wonder how much this was going to cost me. And then she opened the door. I was gobsmacked. 
Mr. Jennings, are you all right? You look as if you've seen a ghost. It was Madam Sophie, the crazy tarot card reader who cursed me in the first place. Please, come in. May I call you Mark? Do you need some water? Here, take a sip. I gulped down the cold bottle of European water. Are you perhaps related to a Madam Sophie? She has a house of fortune in Lakeview. I have never heard of a Madam Sophie. You're not her sister? Her twin sister? Not that I am aware of. Please, tell me what I can do for you. With a lot of sweating and fidgeting, I told her my story. She took careful notes on a yellow legal pad. Or maybe she was doodling. But she looked intrigued. So, what can I do? Do you have some advice? This is an unusual case. A kind of paranoid delusion. I assure you, this is not my imagination. And yet you even imagine that I am her. No, you just look and sound exactly like her. But I believe you aren't her. If you say so. So that's it. You're just going to diagnose me as paranoid and leave me to float away like a leaky balloon. Of course not. I have advice for you. Okay. What is it? You must deal with the source of your delusion. You must go back to this Madame Sophie. Really? Go back? I don't know. She was pretty freaky. It is essential. Urgent. You must go to her as soon as possible. So, I paid the $200 for our session, gulping down another big bottle of Poland Springs water when she presented me with the bill. And I went straight to Lakeview, which was only about a mile away. I wandered around, trying to remember where Madame Sophie's house was, and then I came across it unexpectedly. Its big, dark windows like accusing eyes. It was locked up and deserted. There was a note on the door that said, Moving to a new office, visit us at our new location in Albuquerque. Friend us on Facebook to get a discount code. If you have been cursed, text free me to 5500. Text rate supply. A cold breeze chilled my neck. I got out my phone. Trembling, I sent the text. The wind rose and rattled the windows of her house. For a moment I thought I saw her face in the glass, and then the sun came out. Robins chirped, and my heart stopped pounding. My phone chimed. It was a text from my old boss at the paper. She wanted to see me, right away. This has been The Gift of Prophecy, Episode 4. Written by Amy Kreider. Starring Baird Brucher and Aaron Caswell. For more episodes and other comedies and dramas, please visit continuousdream.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>